Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Thursday. We made it to Thursday, the 29th of, I almost said October, September 2029. No, 2022. Good God. But it is the 29th, right? I should probably start over, but I'm not going to. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Welcome to the program. Uh, Thanks for downloading, sharing, writing, and reviewing on iTunes, all that good stuff, giving those five-star reviews. Appreciate the hell out of it. All right, uh, don't forget about entering the signed book contest, Megan Kelly versus Billy Idol. You know the websites, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Go there, sign up, support the show, win free stuff, get extra stuff, all kinds of stuff. I want to get right to it. Let's get on with the show. There's always, as always, a lot of things to talk about. The insanity of our government never, never, ever ends. You just can't stop. We've got a, the big news, of course, and it's going to be dominating. And I don't mean to downplay it, but I, I, the media seems to hype it. I don't know. I'm not from Florida. My wife's from Florida. And my wife used to tell me and still tells me to this day that they have uh, hurricane parties when hurricanes would come and hit. Not often that a hurricane category four or five hits the uh, the coast. We'll see what it is, but it is a hurricane. It's a lot of rain, strong winds, and it hasn't hit yet as of now. And they're saying it's strengthening or it's weakening. It really depends on who you listen to. Oh, it could be horrible. Or it could be nothing. Or it could be everything. Or it could be all things. It could be this, that, or the other thing. So I have a hard time getting super excited about it. Now, my wife has been trying to convince my in-laws to leave and come up here, get out of the path of the hurricane because they're right in the Fort Myers area. And they won't do it. They've lived there too long. I tend to believe the people who've lived there too long that sit there and go, you know what, I've seen worse. I know what's going on or don't worry about it or whatever, compared to the people on television. The people on television want you to not only watch, but they want you to keep watching. They need you. It's time spent listening. It's not just that you listen or that you watch. It's time spent watching that matters. And so they hype things. So I don't know if this is, if Ian, I know Ian is a bad name for a hurricane. And do we know, is Ian, actually, does Ian identify as an Ian? Are we using the proper pronouns for Ian? Can we... Get a ruling on that? Is there some sort of trans-governing board out there we can appeal to or say, well, you know what? This hurricane was uh, assigned a male name at birth. But how do we know that uh, Ian still feels that way? You know, which way the wind blows. So, uh, yeah, I think somebody's got to... Sooner or later, Smith College or Wellesleyan will offer a... uh, a course, a major, at least a minor, on gendering hurricanes. God, remember a few years ago? This is how pathetic and out of problems we really are, that we're making things up as we go along. A few years ago, they did the uh, outrage over, we need to get more ethnic-sounding names of hurricanes. It's too uh, it's too white guy these names of hurricanes. 
And everybody who wasn't a left-wing activist of every other ethnicity is like, no, 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 it's good. I don't need my name associated with a path of destruction across the Gulf Coast. I'm, I'm good. And they say, no, 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 no. It's, it's only right. It's only fair. And they're like, yeah, we're good. We're good. We have better things to, to think about and more important problems in our lives than whether or not we've ever had a tropical storm named after us. But uh, then you, it brings it all back to Ian. Ian is Ian is a white guy. Ian is a white guy. He's a, probably a, a big fan of uh, Tottenham Hotspur, and uh, he spends a lot of time at the pub. But he is uh, about to wreak havoc down in Florida, allegedly. Hope everybody's safe down there. But of course, as everybody knows, the best way to get safe is to get vaccinated. Them's the rules. <laughs> Those are the rules. I don't want to make light of the situation, but you have to make light of the situation. You go to the CDC's website, and for her under hurricane preparedness, prepare for hurricane season. First, pay attention to local guidance about updated plans for evacuation and shelters, including shelters for your pets. Okay, solid advice. That's bullet point number one. Bullet point numero dos. Number two, dropping like a deuce. For hurricane preparedness for hurricane season reads, quote, stay up to date on your COVID-19 vaccines. COVID-19 vaccines help protect you from getting hit by severe winds and no, <laughs> help prevent you from getting sick or severely ill with COVID-19. Now, wait a second. That seems like a contradictory sentence to me. COVID-19 vaccines help protect you from getting sick or severely ill. Well, wait, a, if you're not getting sick at all, you're not going to get severely ill. I think implicit in the second point there is that you can still get sick, just maybe not severely ill, probably. Staying up to date on vaccines make it less likely that you will be sick with COVID-19. Now, wait a second. It... It protects you from getting sick. Now it just makes you less like one sentence later. It just makes you less like sounds to me like the government is trying to set you up to be killed by a hurricane. Staying up to date with vaccines makes it less likely you will be sick with COVID-19 while sheltering or evacuating from a hurricane and less likely to need medical services while hospitals are under strain from the natural disaster. Presumably, well, you're, I guess you maybe fly out, and presumably you drive out. You have to drive that far if you're coming, if you're right where it's coming aboard. You drive, I don't know, 100 miles and just get a Motel 6 or something like that. But uh, you're going to be picking up hitchhikers along the way? Is that, I don't know. If maybe that's something in Florida that they do. I, it's been a while since I've been to Florida and uh, or in Tampa Bay for the Republican convention. And it was just humid as hell, and we walked everywhere because we were stupid, and there were barricades everywhere. The next bullet point, after the second bullet point for preparing for hurricanes being about COVID, the third bullet point is pay attention to COVID-19 community level in your area and follow recommendations to stay safe. Take steps to protect yours and others' health while preparing for the hurricane. Is a hurricane a weather event, or is hurricane a pandemic event? I can't tell. And the final preparedness for a hurricane bullet point, quote, 
When you check on neighbors and friends, be sure to follow CDC recommendations to protect yourself and others. <laughs> About COVID. No, we're going to go knock on the door. Are you? I noticed your roof collapsed. No, no, stay away from me. Stay six feet away. Don't, don't come out. Don't breathe. You know, I'm pretty sure that if somebody's breathing near you, the hurricane force winds will more than likely, not exclusively, not for sure, but will more than likely kind of disperse any particles of COVID-19 being exhaled by that person. Just, you know, call it a hunch. Call it women's intuition. Call it whatever you will. But I suspect that what it is. Again, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I suspect that would happen. But don't just just so you don't think that our government is particularly stupid when it comes to hurricanes. Our government is particularly stupid when it comes to everything. We now have, and we'll get into this in a bit, we have a leak in the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. There's uh, circumstantial evidence to suggest, not show, but suggest that maybe, just maybe, the Biden administration damaged the Nord Stream 2 pipe because it's both pipe. There are two of them, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. Both were rocked by explosions somehow under the uh, the water. And like, okay, well, unless the earth farted, somebody dropped a bomb. There aren't very many countries that have the capacity to do something like that. Seems unlikely that Russia would do that at a time when they desperately need the money and they need the income. So, and we got Joe Biden kind of on tape saying that uh, he'd do this if Russia invaded Ukraine. But beside the point, like I say, we'll get to that in a bit. But if you're poking a nuclear bear led by an unstable man like Vladimir Putin, you probably shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. But fear not, just as the government has plans in place and a priority for hurricane season involving your COVID-19 vaccination status. They also have plans in place in case of a nuclear explosion near you. Ready.gov. Now, it's disturbing. The whole, I'm not going to give you the whole URL because, I guess I can't. Ready.gov slash nuclear dash explosion. (laughs) Get ready.gov slash nuclear dash explosion all one word there's no spaces in there and it gives you a whole bunch of information to help you allegedly survive a a nuclear explosion or nuclear fallout get some iodine tablets i I actually bought some just to have them on hand because you never know a lunatic in charge of moscow and a senile old curmudgeon in charge of washington dc uh it almost reads like a comedy. But under the points about surviving a nuclear explosion is get inside. Don't stand outside and admire the mushroom cloud off in the distance. It says get inside the nearest building to avoid radiation. Brick or concrete are best. Remove contaminated clothing. Uh, wipe off or wash unprotected skin if you were outside after the fallout arrived. Hand sanitizer does not protect against fallout. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, mouth. If possible, do not use disinfectant wipes on your skin. Well, seems pretty solid so far. And it says go to the basement or middle of the building. 
stay away from outer walls and roof. Try to maintain a distance of at least six feet between yourself and the people who are not part of your household. (laughs) What? If possible, wear a mask if you are sheltering with people who are not part of your household. Children under two years old, people who have trouble breathing, and those who are unable to remove masks on their own should not wear them. COVID has infiltrated nuclear preparedness, even. So if you sit there and you go, these people are insane, talking about get vaccinated for hurricane season, know that the insanity runs much deeper than just a weather-related event, that it goes all the way to the bone. (laughs) It goes all the way to the bone. And insane. If you, here is a bit of a pro tip. I'm not one to give you advice against government advice very often, but if there is a nuclear explosion near you, you can probably put whatever concern you have about COVID aside temporarily as you, at least temporarily, as you try to avoid death by nuclear explosion and or death by fallout from nuclear explosion. Can we just agree on that? Well, the worst thing wasn't the destruction of the entire town. The worst thing was there was this lady in there in the shelter who refused to put a mask on. Yeah, we survived the uh, attack, but we got COVID. So, I mean, did we really survive it? I had a I had a mild case of COVID for about three days after that nuclear strike. You want to talk about a major inconvenience to my lifestyle? How dare you? Yeah, so look, you got to make light of it a little bit, else you watch the news coverage and you think the world is coming to an end. I would just remind you that the uh, Caribbean is where hurricanes happen. And the months of September, October, November, even a little bit into December, are the months in which hurricanes have it's it's hurricane season. They have a season. As these people will try desperately to spin this into this is something to do with climate change. It's a stronger storm. These storms are going stronger and these storms are lasting longer and they're doing more damage. They're not. They're actually not. The last big hurricane was still Katrina. And yes, oh, well, what about the hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico? They've done some serious damage. Yes, they are. And Puerto Rico is a part of the United States. It is a territory of the United States. But it's governed by itself. And it's just this side of a third world country. If you aren't at one of the resorts, it's not really a place you want to be. Advise you don't go outside of the resort because you know hurricane comes along blows it over there's crime there's all sorts of problems as for the idea that hurricanes are becoming more destructive you know how they measure that they measure that in the dollar amounts of damage well we have inflation we have inflation over time we have natural even if we didn't have joe biden's failed inflation we'd still be going up you know, one or two percent a year. So a hurricane from 20 years ago is obviously going to, that is just as devastating, just as powerful, is going to cost more than one happening today. You also add to the fact that 
it costs a hell of a lot more than it did 20, 30 years ago to build anything than it used to. And that, of course, the destruction that a hurricane naturally brings, and not, you know, knocking over buildings. Hell, they just fall by themselves down in Florida. But tearing a roof off, if it costs uh, $50,000 to put a roof on 30 years ago, and it costs $150,000 to put a roof on uh, now, a roof being torn off is a roof being torn off. But the dollar amount has changed. And that allows the leftists to go, these are becoming more powerful and more destructive more destructive uh not really look at the death totals they're not really up they're actually down because the structures are better but the damage that does come because there's always going to be some damage costs more to fix because everything costs more to fix it costs more to buy a car today than it did 20 years ago hell thanks to joe biden it costs more to buy a car today than it did 20 minutes ago so keep all this in perspective I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not a meteorologist. Listen to them, but don't listen to the hype. For God's sakes, don't listen to cable news. Not about this stuff. So on the uh, issue, uh, now the president of the United States even actually weighed in on this thing. This is what's funny. The hurricanes, get your shot, get your shot over here. He at an event yesterday, well, it took him forever. He didn't want to talk to Ron DeSantis. Normally, a disaster, potential disaster coming towards a state. You want to appear as president of the United States. You want to appear to care. You want to appear to be on top of it. And so what do you do? You go, I'm going to call the governors of these states that are impacted and make sure that they know that everything they need will be in place should they need it. Well, Joe Biden didn't want to call Ron DeSantis. Because he hates Ron DeSantis. He doesn't really... I'll be president of all the people who vote for me. And really nobody else. That's the Biden mantra. Actually, it's... Biden gets all the credit for it, but it was Barack Obama's business model as well. If you remember during the Obama presidency, I can't remember what year it was. 2014 comes to mind. There was massive flooding in Kansas historic as they say flooding it was devastating a national emergency was declared the president never once went there never once mentioned it joe Bi- or barack obama never never did, didn't didn't even dispatch joe like joe you handle it you go deal with those people because they didn't vote for him he didn't care he blew it off There's very few things that presidents like more than walking through devastation from a weather-related event. Oh, you know, you listen to somebody who's lost everything, you sit there and you pretend to care and you nod your head and you go, man, that's terrible, that's terrible. Uh, Don't worry, we'll make you whole again. And then you get back on your plane and now you've got great B-roll on the nightly news for the next three days about how you care. You care so deeply. You don't care. Maybe you do care, but you probably don't care. But it doesn't matter. You've got the video of it. The video will make people think you care, even if you don't care. And Barack Obama couldn't be bothered to go to this massive once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-century flood because the people didn't vote for him. You see that a lot with Democrats. You see that a lot with the border right now. The border communities down in Texas used to be Democratic strongholds are now voting Republican 
because they're being overrun by illegal aliens and they don't like being overrun by illegal aliens even though these are majority minority districts democrats think that identity politics overrules everything well if you're hispanic hispanic american you'll love hispanics walking across your property and smuggling fentanyl into the country you don't care what they do they look like you they look like you and therefore you will identify with them and and vote for us that's the democrats belief well they've learned over the past two years that that's not the case they've been having their rear end handed to them every time they've counted on the hispanic vote to pull them through some kind of special election so they don't care about the border the people directly impacted most are people who aren't voting for them anymore how dare you go away now you you ship them off to where people do vote for them and suddenly they care you ship them off to where their donors live and the national guard will be dispatched almost immediately but in general they don't really give a damn they don't care about people and so far as they're not if you don't vote for them they're not going to give a damn but uh, joe biden you got to admit that he's a one-trick pony. He he really is. He's like a Teddy Ruxpin of policy out there, of policy ideas. He's got one tape in him, COVID. COVID, he's used it to justify most of the damaging things that he's done as president of the United States, and he sees no reason to stop doing it now. So at a hurricane preparedness briefing, he too came up with the best thing you could do for hurricane preparedness is get get the shot get the covid vaccine he somebody put the idea in his head and he was told to say it and being the dutiful good dog that he is he did it let me be clear if you're in a state where hurricanes often strike like florida or the gulf coast or into texas a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or a natural disaster hits. Everything is more complicated. If something, God forbid, were to happen to you, what are you authorizing uh, first responders, Mr. President, to go, hey, check their vaccine status. Hey, 911, what's your emergency? And oh, by the way, are you vaccinated? So I know where how to prioritize your emergency. Is that how it works? Democrats would be just honest about it. They could say, 911, how did you vote? Oh, Trump, huh? Well, I mean, you could swim, right? Look, I don't have time for these sorts of things. So just watch. Watch as this coverage goes on. I don't know what's going to happen with the storm. I hope everybody's well. But the coverage will be it's climate change. And somehow they'll work COVID into it. How do you handle a national, a natural disaster at a time when there is a pandemic going on that the president declared to not be going on anymore just the other day, but still. Now, just to show uh, and have a little more fun at the expense of these people, we go down under, down under, down to Australia where they're throwing shrimp on the barbie. They have a climate act. There's a... It seems to me that, look, somebody's going to have to be the new Greta Thurburgler. They just are. She's aging out. Her gimmick used to be, I'm not going to school because I'm 
protesting climate change. I'm denying myself in education because I'm protesting climate change. She was really skipping school on Fridays because who doesn't love a three-day weekend? But whatever. She's made a fortune. She's doing just fine. That means there are always going to be people who emulate her. There are going to be people trying to be the next Greta Thunberg. It's a growth industry. You're never going to go broke underestimating the insanity of the left. So, each country seems to be, or a bunch of countries, where the left is dominant, are seemingly trying to come up with their own Greta Thunbergs so that they can capitalize on it. Not the country themselves. I assume each country is like a like one of those pageants things that the Honey Boo Boo used to be in, where they're like, I want to be the new Greta Thunberg. Well, Australia's top, or New Zealand's top candidate is a teenager, 16 years old, named Izzy Cook. As you know, Greta, I think Greta's got to be like 20 by now, doesn't she? How old is Greta? I keep on misspelling Greta as Goethe. Greta Thunberg, Swedish. She's 19 years old. She'll be 20 in January. That's over the hill as far as being the new teen sensation. So it's over. They need a new one. The New Zealand entrant for the contest is Izzy Cook. Izzy Cook, she is from School Strike for Climate. She's doing, she's not even coming up with anything original to do. I assume her parents were like, you know what? Four days a week in schooling will be good enough for you. I mean, what we really need is mommy and daddy need a new vacation home. So why don't you go out and uh, skip school and protest climate? Because they don't come to these conclusions by themselves. They're fed by left-wing parents. Well, Izzy Cook was on a radio program down in New Zealand on uh, News Talk ZB, whatever the heck that is. And the host is Heather DuPlessis-Allen. I don't name these people. Heather DuPlessis-Allen. And Heather DuPlessis-Allen made the mistake of asking serious, honest questions, not necessarily serious questions. And Izzy, she hasn't completed her left-wing media training yet. She answered honestly, which is always a mistake when dealing with left-wing politics. And hilarity ensued. Turns out that Izzy says you can't just go. You you got to restrict people's ability to travel. If you want to fly somewhere, you have to pre- present a valid reason. Now, who determines what's valid is up to you. You have to present a valid reason that you want to fly there because of climate change. You can't just jet off to Fiji because you want to have a vacation. At which point, Heather uh, Heather Duplessis Allen is taking her very seriously. and says, all right, well, when's the last time you were on a plane? And, uh, well, I'll leave it there. You can listen to it for yourself as hilarity ensues. For example... So we would have to apply to have, like, approved events to be able to fly for. Well, that's one thing that you could look at doing. Am I allowed to go to Fiji? Is that necessary? In the current climate crisis, I don't think that that's necessary. When was the last time you were on a plane? Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe a few months ago, to be honest. Where'd you go? Fiji. Izzy! (laughs) Izzy! Don't you care about the climate, Izzy? 
course I care about the climate. Not enough. You went to... <laughs> you went to Fiji. <laughs> Izzy, come on, mate. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious, Izzy? No, it's you, pretty you still there? It is pretty ironic, but to be honest, it's not really a trip that I wanted to go on, but I can't really get out of it. Why'd you go? Why'd you go? Because my parents wanted to go. Is he? want to go. How, are you embarrassed that your parents did that to the planet and then forced you to do it as well? Of course I'm not embarrassed. Did you did have you a terrible the... time? Not really. I didn't have to do <laughs> <laughs> Izzy, I'm sorry. Mate, listen, you're such a champion. I think you've got a brilliant future ahead of you. And, and I, are you doing another strike soon? <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll look to. Good. I will. I will. We'll talk to you again. Then why can you back on the show? Uh, don't you don't need to be jetting off to Fiji? Where'd you go last time? Fiji. Well, but I didn't want to. Oh, so it must have been horrible. No, it was actually pretty good. But I don't want you to have that. My parents wanted to go. Okay, but uh, don't do as uh, do as I say, not as I do. Well, it turns out her uh, Izzy's mum. Not super happy with that interview. The uh, news.com.au headline, Mum of climate activist furious after teen daughter mocked in radio interview. Uh, yeah, the teen daughter was, she deserved to be mocked. Okay? And she deserved to be, you can be mad all you want, mum, but she was mocked because of you. <laughs> like that old drug commercial when I was a kid, like, where are the Guys yelling, where'd you get this pot from? Where did you learn it? You, I learned it from watching you, okay? I learned it from watching you. Well, you're you're the problem, Mum, says uh, the story. After a clip of the interview went viral online, Cook's mother penned a furious opinion piece saying the host should be ashamed for bullying her daughter. It's not bullying her daughter. It's not bullying her daughter. Hey, what do you think? We, so we have to ask for permission to travel. Yes, you don't need to just go to Fiji because you want to go to Fiji. Where'd you go? I went to Fiji. Huh. Quote, on Friday evening, I listened in horror as my 16-year-old daughter had a phone conversation with someone who appeared to be bullying her, laughing at her, and talking over her. Rose Cook wrote at the spinoff. As soon as they got off the call, I demanded to know who the hell was speaking to my child in this way. Hey, how about before you do an interview, you, you pay attention to what your kid's up to instead of sitting back looking on Amazon at all the things you're going to want to buy once that uh, Greta Thunberg money comes rolling in. I think that Izzy might actually be out of the running here for the New Zealand version of Greta Thunberg, but then again... You uh, you can never underestimate the left and their ability to overlook hypocrisy. Ms. Cook said her daughter, who is the spokesperson for School Strike for Climate in Wellington, look, if that's her job, if that's what she's doing, and you're her mother, and she's advocating seeking permission to fly anywhere for people, then maybe don't go on the family holiday to Fiji. Just saying. Uh, had some experience in dealing with the media, but she wasn't prepared for Heather Duplessy Allen. Commentators like Duplessy Allen don't give an S about climate change. They don't care that Arctic ice is melting at four times the expected rate. 
You gotta love like four times the expected. What was the expected rate? Why would there be any rate? Or how do you measure that? We can't measure that. How many, my whole lifetime, Greenland's been melting and it's still covered in ice. My whole lifetime, we're never going to have ice in the Arctic again, and yet we do every winter. Uh, the Antarctica is going to f- just completely, and then it doesn't, and actually it's growing in size. But don't worry. Don't answer that. I don't care that we're seeing more extreme weather events killing and displacing people across the globe. We're not. Uh, no, as Duplessis Allen is fond of reminding us, the econ- it's the economy that matters, not our planet. These sorts of commentators use ad hominem arguments and gotcha moments for point scoring and discrediting their opponents. There's a really easy way to avoid all of that, Ms. Cook. Don't be a hypocrite. You know, I get it. You don't get to vacation on Fiji if you're not being a hypocrite. But uh, if you don't like the results of what you're doing and people pointing out the hypocrisy in what you're doing, the easiest way for that is to not do it. Or, I mean, I guess you could write a hypocritical, whiny op-ed, too. Your call. Good job. Mom of the year. You wonder where this, this girl gets her environmental paranoia? Right there. I just saw this, and my God, these people are pathetic. I wanted to move off the hurricane, but I just... (laughs) A guy named Steve Contorno, C-O-N-T-O-R-N-O. He's a reporter for CNN, covering politics in Florida. Used to be at the Tampa Bay Times. He tweets out, As DeSantis prepares Floridians for Ian... He is urging residents to heed advice from the same local leaders he suggested they ignore during uh, COVID and praising a federal agency he previously alleged withheld aid to the state because Biden was playing politics. If he doesn't see the difference between a hurricane and a pandemic, he's an idiot. Of course, he works for CNN. He's a reporter, in air quotes, so we can safely assume that he is an idiot but you've got to love this oh well that's the same people you said ignore okay yeah local democrats telling you to mummify your head before you leave your house to go to the grocery store you probably don't want to i don't know take their advice live your life the people trying to shut down schools don't take their advice desantis didn't take their advice florida schools remained open so what? Oh, yeah, we discovered that every other kid that was shut down and shut out, they lost a year's worth of education that they'll never get. Years, years and years. They actually backslid when it came to their knowledge. In Florida, they didn't have that problem. They didn't shut down the schools. Kids were able to attend the schools normally, and they were able to breathe in those schools. They weren't forced to wear masks. But, hey, you know, you do you, Steve. I mean, this is dumb for CNN, which is saying something. You've got, you've got to admire the commitment to stupid over there that CNN has. And it's kind of funny because CNN is letting people go. CNN is laying off people as they transition, not to a new gender, but because they expect to be a serious news source. They're trying to reclaim some credibility. They can't do it. 
they won't do it. Don, there's a clip going around today that Don Lemon interviewing somebody from the uh, National Oceanic Association or whatever, and it, it keeps on trying to bring the hurricane back to climate change. And the guy's like, you can't blame one event on uh, climate change. I really just want him to say, uh, you're an idiot, Don. It's hurricane season, and it's at a time, it's where hurricanes hit. Now, I saw somebody today, this morning, going, uh, this area prepares that they're always being hit by hurricanes. And okay, well, where do you expect to be hit by hurricanes? Where do you, like, sue, uh, Lake Superior is pretty big. But A, it's not warm enough to really stir up a hurricane, and B, it's not big enough to stir up a hurricane. So where do you expect hurricanes to be? It's going to be over a large body of water. It's not going to be over your pool. I don't care how big your pool is. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk got together and built a pool. It's still not going to be big enough to cause a hurricane. So what do they expect to happen? <laughs> the stupid. And they make a lot of money. These people make a lot of money. Anyway, in other news, the Nord Stream pipelines, there's Nord Stream 1, there's Nord Stream 2, delivering natural gas to Germany, to Europe, really. Two Nord Streams. The Biden administration approved Nord Stream 2. Remember the Trump administration, I believe it stopped Nord Stream 2 with sanctions. Biden comes in and says, no, go ahead. Your check to Hunter cleared, so you're good to go, Russians. Go ahead. Then Russia invaded Ukraine. And suddenly Nord Stream 2 became a weapon, a potential weapon. There were all sorts of sanctions imposed on Russia over energy. They didn't want energy. Oh, no energy to come from Russia. We don't want to support Russia. They don't have a choice. Europe had stupidly disarmed itself when it comes to the energy wars. They'd decommissioned all their nuclear power plants, or most of them. They're trying, Germany's scrambling to recommission them now. Good luck. Hopefully you beat winter. But they're doing all sorts of incredibly self-destructive things in the name of green energy. Green energy. Natural gas does burn clean. But then they're competing with themselves. Do they want clean energy or do they want to virtue signal about Russia's invasion of Ukraine? For some reason, since Ukraine has miraculously become the indispensable nation, the most important nation on the face of the earth, Europe decided to kneecap itself on energy, except for through Nord Stream. Well, now both pipelines have sprung leaks. How do you figure that could happen? Look, pipelines are going to leak, bound to happen, no way around it, tubes leak. But both of them leaking simultaneously while neighboring countries detect explosions underwater at the site of the pipelines, well, I think that's something worthy of note. So we have a situation that is rather perplexing. Let us listen to um, Karin Jean-Pierre. She tosses a word salad about this. It's a it's an epic word salad. She's reading. This is what's amazing to me is if you're Karen Jean-Pierre's handler, you know she's terrible at the job, one. 
Two, you know she's going to read whatever you write down on the piece of paper. So why wouldn't you write it coherently? And well, three, maybe it was written coherently and maybe Karine Jean-Pierre can't read. If you listen to the very end of this clip, you think she's just dropping words. She's not particularly bright. But she does toss one hell of a word salad. Her diet, she's getting a lot of roughage. Let's put it that way. And so is everybody in the press briefing room about Nord Stream pipelines, and Russia and Ukraine. Uh, Poland's prime minister said that leaks in two natural gas pipelines running from Russia were an act of sabotage. Does the U.S. have any evidence of sabotage? What role is it playing in this inquiry? So I'm not going to get into uh, going to speculate on the cause of this. It's not something that we're going to do. Uh, I know our European our, uh, partners are investigating this, so we stand ready to provide uh, to provide support uh, to their efforts uh, once they have completed their investigation. Uh, as you all know, these pipelines weren't pumping gas into Europe at this time. Uh, NS2 was never operational as you guys know, NS1 has not been operational for weeks because uh, Putin has weaponized uh, energy, and we have said this many times before. This just drives home the importance of our efforts to work together to get alternative gas uh, supplies to Europe and to support efforts to reduce gas uh, consumption and accelerate true energy independence by moving to clean energy uh, economy. By moving to clean energy economy, a clean energy economy. No, yeah, no. Moving to clean energy. Maybe write complete sentences instead of bullet points. I don't know. Maybe that's what she was reading. But she was reading most of that. If they were not operational, what's leaking into the North Sea? What what's what's coming? What's bubbling up? It's methane. They're just pipelines full of methane sitting there. You're telling me Germany had a chance to get its hands on that methane and chose not to. It sounds like a dereliction of duty. Of course, she's she's full of it. She's lying. But that's beside the point. That's a day that ends in Y. There's a story going around that, in fact, it was not just some sort of natural disaster, as natural disasters happen, but it was, in fact, sabotage. Listen all, y'all. Listen all, y'all. This is sabotage, to quote the political philosopher Beastie Boys. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can take... Joe Biden's word for it. Back on February the 7th, this is the problem with having a stupid and senile president of the United States. Either one of those things, I suppose you could probably compensate for, you could overcome. But when you're dealing with stupidity and senility, the two prongs coming at you simultaneously, it's hard to fend off. So in a question and answer session, it's hard to explain away why the president of the United States says, hey, um, if Russia invades Ukraine, we'll destroy the Nord Stream pipelines. It's hard to explain that away now. Now, maybe Karine Jean-Pierre will be asked that by Peter Ducey if he's on, if he's at work today. But if he's not at work today, the odds of there being a serious question about that would be pretty slim. But listen to the president. This is February 7th. This is why even left-wingers were suggesting that, yeah, it was the United, the Biden administration decided to poke a nuclear bear with Russia and destroy their pipeline. If Russia invades, uh, 
That means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again. Then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. What, do, what how will you how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control we will uh, i promise you we'll be able to do it <laughs> he almost gave it away the senility almost overrode the stupidity there the stupidity was in charge the stupidity was well, there will be no more nord stream pipeline how will you do that? We will, uh, then he's like, no, 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 it's senility. Don't, don't tell them how we're going to do it. Don't tell them that we're going to plant underwater bombs, hundreds, hundreds of pounds of, of TNT on it and destroy them that way. Oh, just, uh, leave it vague, leave it vague, leave it vague. So the, the senility was overruled by the stupidity. The stupidity still won out the day. He should have never answered the question. But that's the president of the United States. And you sit there and you go, well, no wonder Russia might think that. We bombed their pipeline. No wonder. Now, what's amazing to me is you've got Vladimir Putin rattling the nuclear saber. That's what he's doing. He's been doing it for a while. It's pretty abundantly clear that Vladimir Putin is unstable, that he is, uh, I don't know, a verge of paranoia, being engulfed by paranoia, however you want to frame it. It's not going well for good old Vlad. Why you would poke the bear at this point, I don't know. Especially poking the bear when poking the bear means really damaging an ally like Germany. It's not just going, oh yeah, we screwed Vladimir Putin. Everybody congratulate us. It is that Germany is heading into winter with less energy now with less potential for energy now. I don't know how long it's going to take to, to repair this pipeline, get it re-going. Germany was ill-prepared for winter as it was. Now this is going to make it worse. I don't know that the Biden administration did this. I know that the Biden administration, this is the problem with having a really stupid chief executive, that you got the president of the United States, especially somebody who's uh, hot-tempered and, and dumb, the combination of the two. He likes to sound and talk tough. So even if Joe Biden had nothing to do with this, and there's some other country out there with the capability to do it, and there aren't very many, but there were some other, because this is, this is a, a heavily trafficked enemy, or not enemy territory, but this is heavily trafficked sea lane. It's not, there aren't very many countries. It wasn't Saudi Arabia, right? They didn't unleash their non-existent sub-fleet out there. To, to bomb this thing. There are very few countries with the capability to do this. Even if they didn't do it, it sure as hell looks like they had something to do with it. And now you've got a nuclear madman kicked off at the United States. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? I don't know. I think you've got, you know, you got Putin saying as they're sort of getting their butts handed to them in Ukraine right now and they're grabbing people off the streets. The uh, U.S. Embassy, by the way, over there has warned Americans get out of town and particularly dual citizens, dual citizens 
of the U.S. and Russia. Get out of the country as quickly as possible because the Russians are grabbing Russians off the street and sending them off to Ukraine with no training whatsoever, just going, here's a uniform, here's a gun, get up there, you're, you're cannon fodder. It's a sign of wild instability on behalf of the Putin regime. And he's saying if we have to, we'll use, if anybody comes on U.S. Or Russian soil, we'll use nukes on them. And it really comes down to, will the madman, will his orders be obeyed? Or will the people who would execute those orders topple him should those orders be given? I don't know which way it's going to go. It goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Is maybe you need to... Uh, to read those guidelines about a nuclear attack, not necessarily the COVID part, but uh, guidelines about a nuclear attack. I wonder what a nuclear attack would do to mutate COVID. But you're dealing with a highly unstable situation with a highly unstable leader. You probably don't want to poke that bear. Whether or not the Biden administration had anything to do with this is irrelevant. Thanks to his stupidity, and senility, he's already sort of on the record saying we're going to do this. So it doesn't matter if you, I, you know, you, you make a public speech saying I am really, I'm going to kill so and so, whoever it is. I hate so and so. I want him destroyed. And you just kind of make that your your mantra. You say, and then so and so ends up being killed or dead. So you better hope you got a damn good alibi for that time that you're on security footage somewhere that you sent emails or whatever that you can prove that you are not around wherever so-and-so is if you don't they're going to look at you they're going to look at you anyway and they should absolutely look at you you're on record saying you're going to kill so-and-so it's wildly stupid but it's well that's what we've got in the white house and that's that's the worst part <laughs> that's way worse good god we can correct some of that come in November, but we'll not be able to correct all of it because no matter how many seats Republicans take, and hopefully they'll take both the House and the Senate. But even still, Joe Biden will be president of the United States. That's its own level of horrifying. Anyway, I just got this email from the Democratic Governors Association. This is amazing to me how they hold out this mentally unstable person. And you heard... Uh, Jamie Raskin, just the the god-awful Jamie Raskin yesterday talking about how, did you read a book by Mary Trump and see how mean Donald Trump is to his family? No, no, she's mentally unstable, but okay, go ahead, go ahead. She's fundraising for Democrats. It's not that she just hates her uncle, and this is how you know she's full of it. It's that she's a, a committed leftist. That's it. That's probably part of the big reason why she hates her uncle. That and, uh, you know, he bought the rest of the family out of the family business. And then he went on to make a ton more money. And they were like, well, we want a piece of the action. And they're like, sorry, you sold. Like, that's the deal. That was that was why you got that big check. But this email, it comes from Mary Trump, Dr. Mary Trump, PhD. How wildly insecure do you have to have to be uh, to list doctor and PhD? There are a lot of people with PhDs who are wildly insecure who insist on being called doctor, but they don't also insist on having PhD at the end of the name. You, you, it takes a special kind of 
insecure. You must refer to Dr. Jill Biden. You must refer to me as Dr. Jill Biden. Really? Can you uh, can you even perform the Heimlich maneuver? No? Then I'm not calling you doctor, okay? You have an EHD, an educational doctorate in community college education when you wrote an illiterate thesis, okay? I'm not going to call you doctor. Sorry. I don't know what uh, Dr. Mary Trump's PhD is in, but I also know I don't care. She is a left-winger. I believe she's gay, and that's part of the reason why she hates her her uncle, too, which is weird because well, it makes you popular amongst the left, but it's like if you had a really... If you looked at presidents in the past, I two Republicans come to mind as the most gay-friendly presidents you could ever possibly imagine that give no credit for it whatsoever, that are in fact called rabbit homophobes and monsters. And that is Donald Trump, who, if you look at his history, my God, the guy was friends and friendly with, with everybody. It didn't matter what they were when he was in New York before the left found out that he was a Republican. Then it was suddenly, oh my God, he's a monster. And retroactively, all his friends who were like begging to him to come to their wedding were like, whoa, he's a racist. Well, Joe and Mika, why did you invite a racist to your wedding? Huh? Why did you invite Hitler Jr. to your wedding if he's so terrible? And the other president that's uh, super uh, gay friendly is was Ronald Reagan. I know some people are going, what? What are you talking about? Ronald Reagan was the head of the Screen Actors Guild. Ronald Reagan was uh, an actor for decades. He made friends with everybody. There are a lot of gay people in Hollywood, a lot of closeted gay people in Hollywood in the 40s and 50s when Ronald Reagan was active. He didn't immediately go into politics and go, ew, get them away from me. It was friendly with Rock Hudson being gay was a shock to the public. It wasn't a shock to the people who knew him. Yet Rock Hudson was invited to the White House, not because they just didn't know that he was gay. All the people around Ronald Reagan, all the Hollywood people, many of them were gay. He didn't he didn't care about it. Back then, you didn't have to celebrate somebody for it. Like, oh, who do you sleep with? Oh, well, let's, let's have a party. I didn't realize you, you slept with somebody who has uh, the same chromosomes as you. Well, then you let's let's have a parade. We've got to have a parade. It's the only way now. It's insane. It's stupid. But uh, Mary Trump's email. It's the headline. This is from the Democratic Governors Association. This isn't even some left wing fringe group trying to siphon money out of the pockets of suckers. This is the party itself. Says uh, the headline, uh, the subject line is top donors have pledged to triple max every donation up to our goal. I always love this tactic. I don't care who does it, Republicans or Democrats. It's crap. It's garbage. You're being lied to. Don't fall for it. But that's what's happening. They're like, oh, they're going to triple match. Triple match. That's great. And you're sitting there going, if this person is willing to triple match all this money, why don't they just write the check? I will triple match up to $150,000. Okay, well, why don't you just write a check for $150,000? Why, why is it dependent upon somebody who can only afford to give five bucks? If you care so deeply, why do you do it? Because they can't. If you donate the maximum, 
There's a maximum anybody can donate. There's a maximum anybody can donate. If you donate the maximum, the most anybody could do is match it once. And that's it. They can't go, well, I'm going to donate the maximum for every person who donates the maximum. You can't do that. It's against the law. But people don't know that. So they go, oh, this is amazing. This is going to be great. We're going to be making so much. If my $10 will suddenly become $40 because somebody will triple match it and they'll get $30. It'll be great. No, you're being conned. There is no mystery donor. So the subject of this email reads, Mary Trump's dire warning on Trumpism in the States, colon. Derek, we're closer than ever to holding Trump accountable for his crimes. What crimes? What crimes? Doesn't matter. Democrats assume, know, that their base are a bunch of stupid people. But with so much on the line in the midterm elections, Dr. Mary Trump, the president's own niece, has put out an urgent warning on the dangers of Trumpism in the states like Flor in states like Florida. Quote Now remember, she's not an expert on anything. She hadn't talked to Donald Trump in probably forty years or whatever it was. And now suddenly she is a Democratic Party expert and fundraising device. And the quote from Mary Trump is quote DeSantis is just as much of a wannabe authoritarian as Donald is. The difference is DeSantis is making it happen, end quote. Mary Trump. Okay. Then the email continues. The only way to prevent the GOP from rigging the rigging elections in their favor and putting an extremist like Ron DeSantis in the Oval Office is to elect Democratic governors who will protect our elections. The the text there, the subtext there, the message, the implication is if we don't win, it's not democracy. Democracy is over. Which is bizarre because that's exactly what Joe Biden and the Democrats are running around the country telling people is if we don't win, democracy is over. My goodness and my gosh, we must protect democracy. That is the opposite of democracy. You don't really find Republicans running around saying, hey, if we don't win, democracy is over. That's a Democratic through line. That is how Democrats operate. They need to scare the hell out of people. And then they run around and say, Republicans are trying to scare the hell out of people. Really? Republicans, Republicans aren't the ones telling me that the entire country is going to come to a crashing halt and your liberties, you're probably going to be thrown in jail if, uh, if Democrats don't win. That's not how it works. So, but right now, they're falling. Sh we're falling short of our goal, our end-of-quarter $200,000 fundraising goal. Derek, this is our last end-of-quarter deadline before the midterm elections. So what? You'll still be begging people for money the day after the end-of-quarter. This is our last uh, before the midterm elections, and it's so critical to our success that a group of donors has pledged to triple match every donation up to our goal. They're going to triple match. So if you raise $200,000, you're going to get an additional $600,000. How many donors are there? Because that seems like a lot of money. I know you can give a lot of money to the parties, but I don't know that you can give a lot of money to the Governor's Association. 
And if you got somebody or a couple people sitting out there on 600K promising to give it to you, if and only if somebody else gives you money, why don't you tell them, hey, just give us the money anyway? That's because they don't exist. Don't miss out on this rare opportunity to triple your impact in the fight to elect Democratic governors and defend our democracy from Trump's cronies. Please rush $3 or whatever you can. $3 or whatever you can. Oh, my goodness. It's for the republic. We must do that, right? They are ready to take your money. They are not ready to allow you to keep any of your money, but they are damn sure ready to take it. These people are... <sighs> Pathetic doesn't really do it justice. Insane doesn't really do it justice. Perverse. Perverse, I think, does it justice. Now you have this story. Let me see where I can find this else from, because this is... <sighs> one of those things where you're going right this is this really where we are as a society and yes it is yes it is they're remaking the wizard of oz apparently why because the world needs it or doesn't need it or whatever and they're going to make it gayer or whatever Wizard of Oz remake to include LGBTQ plus representation, director says. Now, why are you remaking The Wizard of Oz? Who knows? They already did that with race. They made it the whiz. Now they're going to make an all gay cast. No. Said, uh, Social media took storm when new director Kenya Barris was announced for The Wizard of Oz remake. Now the director has revealed what fans can expect from the classic fantasy film. During an interview with Variety, Barnes continued his... Really? I thought it was a woman. All right. Barnes continued his plan to include LGBTQ plus representation in the new remake. He explains that he's doing it because it accurately reflects the world that we are living in today. It's a movie about a girl who gets swept up by a tornado and is taken to a land that doesn't exist. But, you know, the world today must be represented. God help us. Quote, the original was an allegory and a reflection on the way of uh, the world the world was at the time with things like the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl, Barris said. No, it wasn't. It was based on a novel that was written long before those things. But, hey, you do you, dude. You do you. He continued, adding, quote, now we're going to turn a mirror on where we're at right now. He's a very uh, poor speaker. Where we're at right now and take disparate characters from the LGBTQ community and from different cultural communities and socioeconomic communities and tell a story that reflects the world. I think this is the best time to do that. Yes, because why? Because movies that are about crap like this that are rather than just being entertaining, you know, soil the sheets. Nobody goes to see them. Nobody wants to see them. Nobody cares about it. But it's got to be done. It must be done. My God. You wonder why movies are going to hell and why, you know, they, they, they can't figure out. It's amazing to me how these people work. That they sit there and go, the biggest movie, you know, maybe ever, but certainly of the last 
five to ten years has been Maverick. What was the political message of Maverick? There was no political message of Maverick. It was a two-hour escape. It was absurd in certain points. It was good. It was familiar characters in that sense, and it was nostalgic. It had all those things going for it, but what it never did once, never did once, was beat you over the head with any political message whatsoever. None. And it's made, it's Tom, this was surprising to me, it's Tom Cruise's biggest movie of his career. It's a huge, huge hit. He's made a ton of money off this. Good for him. The lessons are right there for anybody who wants to learn them. And the people who theoretically should want to learn the lessons the most are deliberately going, yeah, but still, let's ignore that lesson. Let's do this. Barris was officially confirmed as the new director back in August. He will both write and direct a reimagining of the enduring fantasy classic through his Kilabu Inc. Society production company. I don't know what the hell it is. He's the uh, creator of the show Blackish. Barris is optimistic about the project, and he hopes his project will serve as a piece of cinema history like the original. He understands the importance of the original film and also says he's happy to see the movie, his movie, released. Oh, geez. You mean he's happy for a big payday? Regardless of how, how... Here, if you have faith in your ability, don't take a paycheck. Take points on the back end. All right? If you have faith that that's really what people want, take points on the back end. You'll get way more money. You won't do that. I'm nervous, he says. Hopefully my movie can last as long as the original does. Hopefully my movie comes out. (laughs) Hopefully your movie doesn't come out. Honest to God, you're going to probably make a million dollars for writing this script, and they're going to go, this is stupid. Nobody's going to want to see this. Somebody along the way, when they look at the $100 million, $200 million budget that you're going to put in with this, they go, there's no way we're going to recoup this ever. So we're just going to scrap it. I mean, Warner Brothers or Disney had an entire movie. Cat, it was Catwoman, I think it was, or Batgirl. I think it was Batgirl. It was made. It's in the can. It's ready to go. And they said, eh, we're going to go in a different direction. They've already spent $90 million making the movie. It's done. It's, it's a matter of pushing a button and releasing it. And they said, now we're going to eat this one. I don't think that they can keep doing I don't know how bad that movie has to be to do that, but I don't think they're going to release this thing. I hope they're not going to release this thing. Actually, no. I hope they release this thing. I hope it ruins whatever studio is going to put this garbage out. I hope it causes them to go bankrupt. Other than that, I'm indifferent at the prospect, except for that these people are evil. I want to shift gears to what happened in Virginia yesterday. The governor over there, Glenn Youngkin, is he's just a radical, rabid, right-wing nut job who says that girls are girls and boys are boys. What a monster. I mean, honest to God. What an absolute monster that he is. Right? Am I right? Of course I'm right. He's out there issuing executive orders that schools cannot override parent responsibility and rights on any issue, especially things related to gender. Now, what's really funny here is 
if your kid isn't, this was the way it was back in my day a little bit. Although you could get medicine. You were not, if you bust out a bottle of aspirin right now, all hell breaks loose. They need to call in a counselor. They need to call in a SWAT team to send in the robot to pick it up. It could be fentanyl. You never know what's going on. Are you a drug dealer? You gave a kid an aspirin. You brought aspirin to school. You'd be better off bringing a knife to school. Don't bring knives to school. But, you know, that's kind of how it's treated sometimes. Oh, my God. Those are Tic Tacs. Are they really Tic Tacs? We need to test them. They've gone so far that the the school nurse needs you to sign a triple release form to say, yes, little Timmy can have a Tylenol if he's got a headache. It's all good. But if little Timmy comes in and says, you know what, Uh, listen to the teacher today and everything is uh, watching the news and seeing just how popular things are. Hey, uh, I feel like my name is, is Tanya. Instead of Timmy. And the school says, you're right, well, you are. We're going to, don't worry, we won't tell anybody. We won't tell your parents. We'll make everybody in the school call you Tanya. We'll make everybody, the janitor will not be able to look at you and say, hey, Timmy, how you doing? That'll be a hate crime. And we'll put you in touch with, if you so choose, a counselor who will advise you on how to obtain hormone blockers and puberty blockers and maybe even get some surgeries done to alter your body we'll do all that we'll hand, we won't tell your parents and you can change your pronouns and everything and we will respect that to the hilt you're not old enough to vote we won't even give you a cup of coffee because you're too young for that you can't drive you can't have an aspirin but you can make life-altering decisions at the age of 12 because justice or something like that Well, the governor of Virginia recoiled in horror at that. That is the precise reason that he was elected. He ran against the indoctrination of children, not only in this weird gender cult, but with this, um, with the critical race theory and all the garbage that they're teaching in schools. Well, the left is very good at mobilizing people, particularly young, dumb people. And if there's anything I've learned about uh, life when I was young and dumb, it is I don't need much of an excuse to skip school, especially if it is being forgiven. Now, in my day, we skipped school to go see a movie, and uh, I got permission from my mom. That's how much of a rebel I was. I just told my mom, like, I want to go. There was I forget the movie. It was coming out that day. There was a big sequel, loved the movie, and it said that one of my friends and I are going to go, and they're going to go and watch this movie at the first showing at like 11 o'clock, so it would, like, would it be okay? Could you forgive and uh, give me? And she said, sure. I was a good enough kid that she knew of that I was able to do that. Plus, I was gonna, she knew I was going to do it anyway, and considering what my mom and my dad did when they were in high school and and. Is nothing, nothing compared to what my parents did. So I'm sure they were more than happy to go, yeah, go ahead. You're asking for permission to skip school? Go ahead, go ahead. But uh, you don't need much of an excuse. Whatever, hey, everybody's walking out at noon today. For what? Well, we're going to go and protest uh, the oppression of trans people. I don't really give a damn about that, but I tell you what, I hate calculus, so I'll be there easiest sale ever especially when a whole bunch of other people are doing the same thing kids are sheep 
don't ever I try to tell my kids I mean they're young but whenever Bailey the young one is doing something or she's got something or says something that gets a laugh out of us Quinn does the same sort of thing tries if Bailey make Bailey makes weird faces she can cross her eyes I can't even cross my eyes and she makes weird faces while she's eating or something she just looks at you like side eye and you kind of just laugh and Quinn sees that, and she tries to do the same. She says, "Look at me, I'm doing this too." And like I try and tell her, "You're funny in your own. You're funny. They're both funny in both in different ways. Don't copy. Don't copy. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing. It's, it's not a message that's getting through so far, but it's getting through. I hope. But yesterday in Virginia, there was a walkout of students and it's being covered as oh my goodness students walked out look at all these students we got helicopter shots of students walking out of high school and you're like of course you do kids will walk out of school in any way shape or form plus you have the alphabet mafia sitting there telling these kids they need to walk out they have to walk out in the name of justice they must walk out what is wrong what do you hate gay people do you hate trans people like no well, would you like to shower? Let's ask, as I'm looking at the footage of this helicopter shot, it's on a loop from NBC in Washington from yesterday. And there's a lot of girls walking out. And you go, oh, great. Okay, let's ask those girls that are out there, that are likely out there because it's the social event of the season. Let's ask these girls, and it doesn't look like a whole school's worth of kids, by the way, but let's ask these girls, Hey, do you want to shower next to a boy after gym class? What percentage do you think would say, do I? Boy, howdy, do I? What, 1%? 0%? Minus 10%? How many of None. You want to change your clothes next to a boy in gym? No. No, not at all. Yet they're out there taking to the streets for that very cause, because that's what the governor of Virginia is preventing from happening. Boys showering with girls. Boy, howdy, if I didn't, if this was going on when I was a kid, I know a lot of people uh, who would have said, you know what, I'm gender fluid. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. And so on a daily basis, depending on how good Jenny's ponytail is looking, I'll let you know whether or not I'm a boy or a girl in gym class, and uh, which which locker room I'm going to change in and shower in. How well do you think that would go over? It wouldn't go over well with normal people. It certainly would make Jenny wildly uncomfortable. It seemed like there were 500,000 Jennies when I was a kid. But uh, there'd be no recourse for Jenny. Because Jenny feeling uncomfortable is suddenly a hate crime. What's amazing to me is the trans out there are such a small percentage now they're they're it's very trendy you get a whole bunch of people who go oh no i'm uh i'm bisexual especially girls i'm bisexual because it's very trendy to say i'm bisexual right now okay uh have you made out with a girl oh no gross ew well then you're not really bisexual like you can claim it all you want congratulations you're super progressive you're bisexual and you hold hands every once in a while with your friend and post a picture of that to instagram going look at us buy life forever and then when it comes down to the nitty-gritty you just don't have it in you because it's not right for you 
It's not right. It's right for some people. I don't care, but it's not right for you. And there's a lot of people like that who are just claiming it because there's no way 20 percent of a, of the population is gay or trans. You know how I can know that? Because there are more people on the face of the earth. You go to a tribe in Africa. Pick your country. I don't care. If we're an African nation where the concern is, you know, normal human, let's make sure that we have enough food, let's make sure we have clean drinking water. And there are certain things you will not find over there. And this lets you know that this is largely a made-up controversy. Now, what are these things you won't find over there? You won't find peanut allergies. You go to any place in the world where famine is a semi-real threat, you will not find people going, get that jiff away from me. You're going to kill me and my kids. My God, get it away from me. They don't have the luxury of peanut allergies. You also won't find trans people. Maybe you could say, hey, they're there. They're just afraid to come out. I don't know. I doubt that. You won't find too many gay people, but I'm sure they actually exist. But in most of the rest of the world where survival is kind of an important thing and, and you don't have all these luxuries, you got bigger fish to fry every day than whether or not you wear a top loincloth or just a bottom loincloth and who you're next to in distance running class and who you shower with afterwards. We have the luxury in this country to protest this and we also have a political party that has made currency out of victimhood. Currency out of victimhood. And currency by proxy out of activism. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. We're going down. We're going to protest down the streets of Chicago for, for George Floyd. Well, George Floyd was, was killed 200 miles away. You had to step over five or six black people who'd been murdered that day in Chicago to get to the protest for the junkie who resisted arrest, who died while resisting arrest. That you're, you're all for justice for George Floyd. You don't really give a damn about the people you just skipped over. You're like, oh, when did Chicago put speed bumps in the road? I don't know what's going on. Anyway, moving on. Did I step in catch up? What's the deal here? That's how left-wing activism works. Be upset about George Floyd in Washington, D.C. Take to the streets of Washington, D.C. for what happened to George Floyd. Not what, you know, the, the guys who were shot and killed that night in southeast Detroit. They don't really, nah, whatever. They were killed by the wrong color people. It doesn't matter. You get 99% of the uh, deaths. By the way, the vast majority well over half of every ethnic group, the people who are murdered, are murdered by somebody from that same ethnic group, if you really want to get down to it. If you care about life, life, lives, those lives should matter just as much. Actually, I would argue even more than somebody who was high on fentanyl and ultimately overdosed on fentanyl while resisting arrest because he was having a freakout. It was handled improperly and all of that. And people have been convicted, and I'm not questioning that, but there are other realities that are going on in there that nobody wants to talk about, just like the Matthew Shepard death. He was murdered because he was gay. No, he was murdered by a former lover. One of the two guys who beat him to death was a former lover, and it was a drug deal gone bad. 
It wasn't the saint that you portray him as. It's kind of a kind of an important thing if you want to learn about. You don't want to learn about it. If you don't want to learn about it, you just go straight up for the manipulation, and that's where the left lives. That's their wheelhouse. That's their sweet spot: manipulation. So they got kids to come out of school, which I'm fairly certain I could do. I think anybody could actually do. And this was brought up at the White House press briefing. Karine Jean-Pierre, historic. It's amazing to me. Karine Jean-Pierre is historic, not only because of the color of her skin, but because she's a lesbian. So you would think this would be in her wheelhouse, right? Don't you think she'd she'd at least be able to speak passionately about it a little bit? But she can't. She's reading, and she still sounds terrible. She sounds horribly unconvincing. I feel as though I could boil this issue down on the left to a sentence or two. Yet, the person whose job it is to do that, and all the people behind her who write her scripts, can't. But she weighed in on what was going on in Virginia, and she did exactly what Democrats always do. Students across Virginia today walked out of their classroom to protest the governor's new guidelines restricting the rights of transgender students. Does the White House support these students? So I haven't seen those reports, but you know this is a president uh, that supports the LGBTQI plus uh, community and has been supporting that community uh, for uh, for some time now as vice president, as senator, and certainly as president now. And he speaks uh, always, always is proud to speak out uh, against the mistreatment of that community. Uh, trans, we believe, and he believes, transgender youth uh, should be uh, allowed to to be uh, to be able uh, to go to school freely, to be able to express themselves freely, uh, to be able to have the protections that they need to be who they are. Uh, again, I have not seen these reports, but I can, uh, we can say uh, with all confidence, uh, and you all know, have covered him for some time, uh, when it comes to this community, he is a, a partner and he is a strong ally, as well as the vice president. She throws a bone there to Kamala at the end. But Joe Biden voted for the Defense of Marriage Act, so I'm not sure what she's talking about as a senator. He only changed his tune on marriage when in 2012 they were not raising enough money for the reelection bid, him and Barack Obama, from the gay community, which has a lot of money. To uh, so oppressive, they have a lot of money. Uh, to they needed the money, so they they changed tune. Joe was tasked with being the trial balloon, and he's been dining out on that. But the real thing is that we we will support anything that needs that lets them be who they are, be their authentic selves. Blah 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 blah. So a tiny percentage of the population gets to dictate reality to everybody else. They don't want trans kids to be uncomfortable. Well, what about the girls who have to shower next to the woman with the penis? What about that girl? What about those girls? That is the vast majority of girls. It isn't even close. What about them? Do they have a right to not be made uncomfortable, to not be made unsafe, to not feel whatever. It's all about feelings of a tiny minority. Why does a tiny minority get to impose their will on everybody else, their version of reality, accept their version of reality, live in their version of reality, or else you have committed some sort of hate crime? That's the only way to justice. If the only way to justice for a tiny group of people is to impose an injustice on the vast majority and force people to deny reality, then there really is no such thing as justice. There really is none. 
You can have your protests. You can get kids to leave school pretty easily. However many times you do it and however many people you get to do it, you're not going to change the reality. And I guarantee you most of those girls, if not all those girls who participated in it, don't want to shower next to a dude in high school ever. They just know that they'll be destroyed if they dare say it. That's tolerance or something. All right, the government. Our government sucks. Our government is really, it's amazing how bad of a steward our government is at our money because one of the things our government does more than anything else is take our money from us under the guise of we need to allocate that we know better than you. I'll never forget, Rush used to play this all the time, this clip of Bill Clinton back when there were quote-unquote budget surpluses. And they were deciding what to do with it. And at a fundraiser, I think, in Dallas, Bill Clinton was recorded saying, well, we don't know what to do with this money. We got so much money now. Uh, we could we could give it back to you because it was, you know, people's money. We could give it back to you and hope that you spend it right. And you're sitting there going, what the hell do you mean, hope that you spend it right? It's our money. However we spend it is none of your damn business, none of your concern. Anyway... Daily Caller has the story. It's everywhere you can find it. The Internal Revenue Service spent sent over $1.1 billion in child tax credit payments to incorrect recipients during the COVID-19 pandemic, according to an audit by the Department of Treasury's Inspector General Office for Tax Administration on Tuesday. The IRS sent payments to 1.5 million people between July and November of 2021 during the pandemic, according to the audit. Additionally, the IG noted that 4.1 million taxpayers did not receive the payment they should have, amounting to $3.7 billion withheld. They had one job. One job. It's pretty easy. Pretty easy to do, you would think. You have access to all the data. Do you have kids? Are they of the right age? All right, there you go. Now, if you say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and then you say, wait a second, they're last... You're, you haven't been filing any taxes that say you have any kids or your kids turned 18 two years ago. You don't really have. Nope, it doesn't matter. They've got access to all this data. They just chose not to look at it. It was just quick. Throw the money out the door. Throw the money out the door. The incorrect payments, the Daily Caller reports, were made to recipients who does, whose dependent children require them to claim the credit, did not meet the age requirements, i.e. under 18 years old, were deceased, or had been claimed by another filer's return. Those were a small portion of the 179.8 million child tax credit payments made during the period totaling, wait for it, $76.7 billion. <laughs> Additionally, that's a lot. This is the government. This is what I mean when I say they're administering $76 billion, and there's at least $1.1 billion of it that has been misappropriated, being generous, stolen, incompetently sent out. However you choose to frame it doesn't really matter. That's what's happening to the money. Now, Take that to a further extent. You're looking at $6 trillion? $6 trillion in somewhere in that neighborhood of emergency, quote-unquote, COVID spending? $6 trillion bucks. And we know of, well, it keeps on increasing, but it's right around $46 billion of emergency COVID spending that was ripped off. And if you look at that, the rest 
it's, it's what five it's an actual round numbers it's 500 and some nine billion dollars or trillion dollars there's a lot more ripping off out there there's a lot more misallocations and every year the government now spends five trillion dollars every year on top of the emergency the emergency spending was special in its incompetence the government and its regular spending is getting ripped off and can barely keep up with the amount of ripping off that is happening. How in the hell do you expect them to keep up with anything else? And we still have the government, Joe Biden, saying we need more money. We need more money. We need more money not only for people in this country to possibly rip off and abuse and all sorts of stupid things. We need more money for Ukraine, probably the most corrupt country and uh, in the semi-modern first world. It's not a third world country per se, but it is one of those countries where if they've got a bunch of oligarchs, they get rich largely off of government. Government contracts, they bribe their way into whatever it is. Maybe they provide legitimate services. It doesn't really matter if it's, you know, well, we provide legitimate services. We just got the contract to provide those legitimate services through corrupt means. That's corruption. It is rich people getting richer by using their influence and connections in government to secure government contracts. And we're going to spend another billion and a half dollars over there now. Didn't we just not that long ago send them like $40 billion? Isn't the world sending them tens of billions of dollars? Shouldn't we know what happened to the other money before we send them another billion dollars? No. The government doesn't care about us being ripped off here, which would be easy to prevent and easy to spot. They don't really care that we're being ripped off on the other side of the planet. Somebody in this government's probably getting their beak wet too. You look at social media, I just saw this, it's trending right now, but actually I think it's being paid to trend because it's the U.S. sun. I don't know what the hell that is. The Dancing with the Stars host Tyra Banks slammed for making creepy comment to Charlie D'Amelio or something like that. I don't know who Charlie D'Amelio is, but okay, what is the? She's 18 years old. She's an adult, right? She's allowed to butcher her body and do whatever. She's good looking. She's apparently some sort of TikTok celebrity. I'm looking at it. It's an uncomfortable comment right now. Something about her neck. I love a girl's neck. That's so stupid. It's amazing what companies will pay to promote. Anyway, kind of, kind of money like that. Speaking of uh, Hollywood and how awful Hollywood is, there's a Netflix series out there right now on Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm not really sure who was itching to find out what what was really motivating Jeffrey Dahmer? Well, Jeffrey Dahmer was evil. Jeffrey Dahmer was horrible. And well, we just don't know. Well, I don't think the world was looking for a gay cannibal story. We already kind of had that with the um, Silence of the Lambs. It's probably much more interest, interesting and entertaining than Jeffrey Dahmer. But the fact that Jeffrey Dahmer really existed and Jeffrey Dahmer was gay has the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ mafia, the alphabet mafia, upset. 
New York Post has the story. Netflix is no longer using the LGBTQ tag on its controversial series about deranged serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer following a furious backlash. It's reality. I'm sorry I don't make the rules. I'm just saying. The streaming service has not given an official reason for dropping the tag on Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, in which Evan Peters plays the late Milwaukee cannibal who murdered and chopped up 17 men. However, it followed several days' worth of outrage online by disgusted viewers, many of whom tagged Netflix in their attacks. Quote, why the F did Netflix tag the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary LGBTQ, one person said on TikTok, alongside images showing the old tagline, alongside others for ominous psychological and horror. Now, I don't know. Jeffrey, it's a, not a documentary, first of all. So you can tell this person whining about it never actually watched it. They never watched it. No clue. It's a, it's a documentary. Really? He's in there eating people. So you think the documentary crew is just like, hey, you know what? It's not for me, but uh, I will watch this guy dismember this other guy and put him in his fridge. <laughs> it's a documentary. My God, people are so stupid. They really just are. Quote, I mean, I know it's technically true. Yeah, technically true. If, if you think it's a documentary, you're an idiot. But if you think it's a documentary and it's technically true, isn't that the point of a documentary? Isn't that the very point of a documentary? I realize that Michael Moore has bastardized what a documentary is to the point that now you're, it's, it's fiction. But the, the word still retains some semblance of what it is. And you're admitting that this part is true. You just don't like it. I mean, I know it's technically true, but this is not the representation we're looking for, the viewer under the name Liz the Lesbo added in a now viral post. <laughs> oh, you can't, we, can't, we demand representation. Well, here's a true life story. Not that kind of representation. You're already like 20% of all characters on television. How much more representation? Do you, if you want representation... How about we make the representation proportional to your percentage of the population? No, no, we wouldn't do that. Why? Because that's like 2 to 3% of the population, whereas in movies and TV, you're somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 30%. So you, you can't watch a commercial without like, hey, there's a same-sex couple. I don't care. I just find it hilarious. The links, when Hollywood panders... Boy, howdy, do they pander. I mean, they, they, nobody, nobody, even the groveling political class and media can hold a candle in the way that Hollywood panders. My God. Others shared screenshots on Twitter saying the series, which has outraged relative of some of Dahmer's victims, was flagged as of particular interest to gay, lesbian, and trans viewers. Well, why not? You want to see representation? Actually, it might help save lives. Because his victims were also gay. He lured gay men. to his, I don't think Jeffrey Dahmer murdered and, and or ate anybody who wasn't gay and at least was a, wasn't a man. So you could find out about it. It's like going, we need to talk about monkeypox. All right, well, here's an idea. Here's I know how we can slow the spread of monkeypox. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
Before we get started on that, we've got to make sure that you don't say anything that makes anybody uncomfortable. No truths that make anybody uncomfortable? Like, which is more important, somebody not being uncomfortable or spreading the truth? And with the left, they have to sit there and go, huh, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't really know. I'm going to have to go with I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. So you'd rather people suffer, physically suffer, rather than have a second of going, maybe I shouldn't go to that orgy. Maybe I shouldn't go to that orgy. Maybe I should just wait. Maybe I should get to know the name of the person I have sex with before that. Novel idea. No, no. That would be impressive. <laughs> Imagine clicking on the LGBTQ category, and this is what you get. One person wrote for the chilling image of Peters as the cannibal. Ah, well, you know what? He was gay and he was a cannibal. You could kind of probably get used to the idea. Does that mean every gay person is a cannibal? No. It's weird, though. It, nobody thinks that way except for a leftist. Some, a poli one police officer does something awful. And what do you get? You get nationwide protests about this. All police officers are horrible. And you get ACAB, which is the left spray painting all over the place. All cops are bastards. That's what it stands for. If you see it spray painted anywhere in the city, that's what it stands for. And you go, huh, well, one cop did something, therefore all cops. Now, you know, one gay guy committed murder and cannibalism. Nobody's sitting there going, well, that must be what all gay people do. Nobody does that, except for leftists. So they go, oh, my God, we're being portrayed as this. No, they're not. You're not. I don't care what you do. Jeffrey Dahmer is being portrayed this way. Why is Jeffrey Dahmer being portrayed that way? Because that's what Jeffrey Dahmer was. That's how Jeffrey Dahmer was. That's what he did. You can whine and complain all you want about it, but the truth is that Jeffrey Dahmer was a gay cannibal. Okay? Sorry to insert reality into your lives. Sorry to bring up the fact that if you're, you're more likely to get monkeypox if you attend a sex party, a gay sex party. All of these things are inconvenient truths. But the operative part of that is not inconvenient. The operative part is truths. They're true. Get used to it. Anyway, we are out of time for today, ladies and gentlemen. I do appreciate you listening. We'll be back to do it all again. That's how we roll. We do this thing five days a week, whether you want it or not. That's just how we